Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, today, all of us are confident that we are going to stay in this podcast. Uh, we are united. <laughs> Not expecting any departures. Yeah, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, that doesn't mean diddly, as we learned from the Pac-12. Um, well, I can give you a, a, a more solid, uh, you know, thought than, than apparently what Colorado was saying. Uh, but you know, that's that's college football realignment. They tell you one thing, they mean another. Uh, so the news broke this week. Obviously, it had been a very public courtship of Colorado by the Big Twelve to get them to return. They were one of the founding members. Yeah. Yeah, back in the Big Eight, yeah. Um, and today, or this week, we learned it was consummated. The Colorado Board of Regents approving a move during a special session after the Big 12 had, apparently before formally requesting, had voted to welcome Colorado in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just like the Big Ten, UCLA, USC thing. It all it all happened behind behind closed doors, and then you get the official, you know, votes to approve it basically but it's it's a rubber stamp it seemed like and uh yeah so you know as as we sit here this year it's still the pac-12 uh in what 10 months 11 months the pac-9. It's at, at this point gonna be nine um and i don't know what the odds are of getting it above nine they might be less than getting it below nine by the start of the 24 season yeah it it seems unlikely that things are gonna go that that things are gonna go smoothly for the remaining nine. I mean, it does. You know, the, the Big Twelve is already. I don't know if they've said it in any sort of official manner, but they've certainly leaked it through enough media sources that they and, and it's logical. They want to get at least one more to have an even number, and they're they're um, ready for Arizona. Yeah, yeah, one more or three more, mm-hmm. which seems to open the door. I mean, the, the again, the logic has been, you know, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. But mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like, from a lot of what I've read, I'm sure you've heard it too, that Arizona State and Utah have the desire to go. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard that Utah has a, a sense of obligation perhaps a misleading sense of obligation uh to the conference for bringing them into the power five right right. um and and likewise i i think asu has always been a vocal supporter yeah of the conference and and, yeah i'm seeing a lot of fans who apparently is is loyal uh maybe to a fault yeah well, you're seeing a lot of fans who are pretty uh, nervous about the the Sun Devil leadership being the people to make the right call. Totally, um, totally. That is where I was going to go, and we can we could go there now because that that is one of the things I was thinking about. Yeah, I saw. So, I'll start with this. Chris Cartman tweeted a thing that is not reporting. It was just a comment or an observation yeah. that CTT has returned to the Mercury. And, I saw this. And yeah. on a post yeah. about that, he said, wouldn't she make a great Sun Devil athletic director? I saw that. And, and Jeff Metcalf uh, replied basically saying, you know, don't think she'd don't think she'd have interest in a role like that, although she'd be good at it or something to that effect. Um but I saw that very same comment, yeah, yeah. And so it leads to this thought, right, of if probably the closest thing to a voice of the fan website for Sun Devil Athletics is Sun Devil yeah. Source. And if that guy is like, we should get rid of our athletic director. Yeah. I know Crow doesn't care, because if there's one thing we've learned in yeah, the two yeah. plus decades of him being there, is he doesn't care about what the fans think. That is no, the least of his no. concerns. But, man, as a fan, it almost feels Oakland A's fan-ish right now, of like, 
I'm rooting for the team in spite of the people who are running it at the top. At the very top, not the coach. Not the coach. And, well, and, and that's and the I same thing as the A's that, fans. You know? They're mad at Fisher and Caval. They're not totally. mad at Mark Kotze. Totally true. Yeah, I mean it. it yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking about it this morning because I figured we would discuss this. We never, we didn't actually say we would, but I, you know, we're on the same page. Um, and uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I think I think several things. Yes, you know, Ray Anderson is a a, a problematic uh, person at the helm, but even more so. And, and, you know, I, I let you I let you get to it because I was going to jump in and say, I don't think Michael Crow cares. Uh, but you said it before I could say it. Like, I don't I don't think he you know, we've discussed it over the years that when Michael Crow first got here, it felt like he almost had a disdain for athletics. And as time went on, it felt like he sort of accepted its role. But I still think he's apathetic. I don't I don't think after 20 players here. He's not. He's not. And I and I think if you if you put Michael Crow under a lie detector, you probably have more important questions to ask him than what he thinks about athletics. But if you got to that um, and you said, would you be happy if ASU athletics fell into kind of a not maybe this conference, but a kind of a Mountain West level where it's like, you know, we're not really in the horse race to be the best athletic department in the country. We're not going to. But, you know, we're, we're still there. We're, we're fine. I think he would. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly where he would be comfortable with ASU athletics being is a a group of five mentality of like you know well you know we're we're not trying mountain, to keep up with yeah. the SEC and the Big Ten, but we're we're still there. We're competing. We're, we're a just pretty a little good could. Mountain West team. Yeah. Now he doesn't want to be part of the Mountain West because he. I think one reason that ASU has been very loyal to the Pac-12 is the academic prestige of. The Pac-12 universities, Stanford, right. Cal, um, you know, and and that does not. A lot of the Big 12 universities are not part of that AAU. Um, mm-hmm. What is it? Association of American Universities, which ASU yeah. just got into. Um, I, you know, personally, I could care not one bit about that. <laughs> I, yeah. To me, I think college is college. Um, but I, you know, the the presidents and the like, they do, and that's one reason they've been hesitant on expansion. Apparently, is not wanting to bring in the San Diego States and the Boise States and the SMUs, even though they've been sitting there mm-hmm. and they might have helped. But it's just like, well, they're they're not good enough for us, or or raid the Big Twelve. The opportunity was there to raid the Big Twelve two years ago. It, it was when Texas and Oklahoma announced they were leaving. The Big Twelve was ripe for the picking. And and they chose not to do it, and now you know it's coming around the other way, and the Big Twelve's trying to raid the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, look, Larry Scott is the the start of the problems, but he is not the yes. end of the problems. No, he's not. No, no, we're here because of Larry Scott's mismanaged tenure. Yeah. Um. And, but, and but the new guy has was given a tough lot. But he has. But I don't think he he's done much with it. that tough lot. We we have bungled it in a number of ways. We we yeah. And, and frankly, to his credit, Brett Yormack has outplayed George Klyavkov. It sure seems and, like he it. got yeah. the meteorites deal done first. He's you know we're still waiting. Oh, there are more suitors. Oh, there's this. Like I know. it's been six months since they told us a deal announcement yeah. was coming. And the deal is up at the end of this academic year, right? Yeah, that's it. So, like next football season, we are we are without about TV. a month away from starting this football season, yeah. and we don't know what channel, what avenue, what whatever next football season is going to be distributed on. We don't know if it's going to be ESPN, Fox, Apple, Amazon. Uh, you know, the Pac-12 producing its own broadcasts on handheld mobile devices. Uh, you know, like we have no idea. Um, that seems crazy. And it's why Colorado can get out with what, you know, 10 months notice Yeah, because there's nothing tying these. And, and, you know, like I, I think if, I mean, it seems like the big 10 with Kevin Warren out of the picture has decided like, we're going to let things, we're going to get settled at 16. We're not eager to expand beyond that right now. But I think if they were Oregon and Washington would be out the door before they could finish the offer. I mean, uh, I think that's know. exactly why Oregon and Washington are still here right now. Yeah. Is yeah. because 
they don't want to go to the Big 12 no. because there's a bigger prize out there. Yeah, and, and, I think and I so. And there's part of me that wonders, do the Huskies and the Ducks think about going football independent and joining the West Coast Conference the rest of the way? And yeah, it's such a tough road with independence, but uh, I mean, uh, who knows? Who knows? But just I for mean, I I mean, but look at the payoff for the teams who have done it. Yeah, you know, like yeah. they're not BYU, and BYU was the apple of a couple conferences' eyes. It after was. Two years. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, and, and I, I guess you can't rule out anything in a you know, like the last uh, twenty-four or so months. Seeing Texas and Oklahoma, you know, bail on on the Big Twelve to go to the SEC was a a shocker. Seeing USC and UCLA bail on the conference that they basically, you know, helped to found hundreds of you know eighty a hundred years ago when it was the Pacific Coast Conference for the Big Ten was an even bigger shocker. So you know, like you never say never about anything. Um, I don't think they would do that because it's such a tough road to hoe while you're waiting for that offer. But mm-hmm. who knows? I guess, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything is out of the realm possibility because, man, I mean, I never thought USC and UCLA would join the Big Ten. Yeah. I, if you had said that to me two years ago, I would have said, <laughs> come on, that's not going to happen. And I would have been wrong. Yeah. No. So, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I uh, going back to Crow and Anderson, I totally agree. Like, when you have a president who seems apathetic about sports and an ad whose track record has been a series of you know strikeouts and and you know weak fly balls and those are his successes i can i trust they're going to make the right decision when a big decision has to be made here well and i think the other piece of this which i don't know if it's anderson's fault or if his hands are tied or what but when you look at the limited successes we've had and then how quickly it gets snatched away from us, mm-hmm. you know, like softball is the prime example, right? Yeah. Well, hey, we are playing great. We're doing well. We've got a great young coach. Oh, she's gone. She's gone. We're, yeah, I know. I was, I, I thought of that this morning. I mean, like, uh, cause I was thinking about, you know, like I, I didn't think of the CTT thing, although I did see that yesterday, but I was, you know, I was kind of going through the sports that we recognize as, uh, you know, obviously you start with football and then men's basketball, but, you know, women's basketball was kind of a, kind of a, you know, a jewel of the athletic department in the years we were here and for the, you know, several years after. Like, never I mean, got Brian to the final January four, was on an SI good. cover. We had it, you know, we had an SI cover. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like it was a, it was a good program, and they've fallen on real hard times. And then, yeah, softball, two years ago, you know, top eight seed, won the Pac-12, uh, you know, lost a Super Regional at home, but, you know, we're within one game of the World Series. And then, yeah, coach is gone, and this year it's dead last in the conference. And yeah. that's a great way to say it. It's like, you know, and, and it, I mean, God, we've lived it with basketball the last 20 years. Like well, you start I, climbing the mountain and then something happens to knock you right back down that mountain. It's like the price is right game. Well, you know, the, like you're, you're moving up and then whoop, you come crashing back down to the beginning. That's another thing that I wanted to mention talking about the, is it, it's Ray Anderson's fault to an extent, but when you think about where we are at with basketball, with Hurley, and you and I yeah. have talked about, it kind of felt like, we needed him and he needed us. There, you mm-hmm. know, we we gave him an extension because where else was he going to go? Right. And who right. else were we going to get? Um, totally. Still agree with that, yeah. But it's like, okay, so that's where we are as a basketball program. It's kind of where we are as a conference right now and, or as yeah. an athletic department right now. It's like, well, we're here because, you know, we feel like we need to be. I don't know. What else can we do? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I... I've thought since the USC UCLA thing, I've thought that like, man, we should be listening to offers from the big 12, the ACC, whatever. Uh, if the, one of the big two w- wanted to come calling, which they don't, it appears we, right now. We would but if jump the SEC in a or second. big 10, like jump at the chance. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, 
I mean, I, I almost feel like you call the SEC and you say, what kind of deal for a junior membership is there? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't get the feeling that those two conferences have the stomach to expand again right now. They probably will in the future because that's how it goes. Um, I, you know, when at the very beginning of this, we were talking about Colorado and I said, yeah, they were in the big eight. I thought, God, how, how quaint that is to talk about a, a, a big time conference that only had eight teams. Doesn't that seem crazy now? Like 12 mm-hmm. feels too small. Uh, so I, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to, but it seems like they're not, you know, the SEC wants to get Texas and Oklahoma integrated. They've got their own issues with, you know, a nine game conference schedule and all that. The Big Ten, I don't think, has the stomach to expand anymore right now. That was all Kevin Warren driving that train, and he's not in the picture anymore. Um, and so now it's, you know, well, okay, does the ACC want to expand? I don't know. Uh, probably not. They're trying to hold on to what they've got. Uh-huh. And with the Big Florida 12 State, does, but it seems to... like we don't have any interest. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is we keep saying, well, we're waiting for the media rights deal. We're waiting for the media rights deal. Colorado leaving, to me, is potentially also an indication that the media rights deal ain't going to be that good. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. The, so, the, so we haven't really talked much about Colorado itself, and, and I was kind of thinking this this morning because I've read, you know, some of the reaction to this, and it's like, well, you know, Colorado on its face is could be not replaced by San Diego State and be fine. Yes, yeah. I mean, since they joined the conference, they've been mostly. Uh, horrible in football. They had one really good year where they got to the conference title game, 17 or 18, um, and they had the COVID year that they had a decent year, but, you know, we played four games. So uh, other than that, they've been pretty much a debacle. Basketball, they've been okay, but not great, and and basketball doesn't drive the train like it used to. Um, You know, so losing Colorado on its face is not a disaster. It's not losing UCLA and USC. No, I mean, if we still had the L.A. schools, one, I don't think Colorado would go. But but losing them would be like, okay, see you later. Yeah, yeah. But what it is, it it reminds me, again, you know, to make a comparison to ASU basketball, it reminds me of back in the Herb Sendek years when we had all those transfers leave over the year. And, like, none of them were great players. We didn't lose any All-Americans. We didn't lose any, you know, I guess maybe Trent Lockett was a pretty good player, but most of them were, you know, average to below average players. But it's just like when you can't keep those guys happy and you can't develop them, which is what Herb was really good at. If he could keep a guy around for four years, he was pretty good, you know, but we were losing. It's like, okay, losing Keala King, you know, he wasn't that good. Losing Demetrius Walker, he wasn't that good. But when you lose, when you're losing them, it's like, what does that say about your program? And remember, this is pre-transfer portal era where, you know, guys couldn't just leave and play right away. It's kind of the same thing here. It's like losing Colorado is not devastating, but losing any team right now feels like a bad thing. Any school, I should say. And then you add that Colorado's got some positive vibes right now. Now, they may fall flat on their face. But right I'm kind now of with Dion, you know, before he's coached a game, it's like, ah, man, they're exciting. People want to see Colorado football. And they're bolting right as that happens. That that hurts as well. Yeah. And and I want to talk a little bit about the rights deal situation. Yeah. So one of the speculation pieces I saw was that the Big 12 is using Oklahoma and Texas's buyout money to guarantee Colorado a full share. Mm, interesting. The, because... Everyone is saying ESPN, I think it was, had agreed to pay a full share. Yeah. But that no one is reported that Fox and their other junior partners agreed to pay a full share to new teams. Interesting. And I that, hadn't heard that. Yeah. that that's yeah. how Colorado's getting it. Well, as we sit here and think about what this looks like for... ASU or whoever else is Colorado got the full $31 million to go. Right. Right. Let's say that there's only $28 million left on the table per year for these other deals or for the next school. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, 
it's if better it was up than to nothing. you and I, I feel like we'd be jumping at the Big 12. And I think yeah. if it was up to a lot of fans, we would too. Well, um, and if I'm if I was the it, school president of ASU, if I was in Michael Crow's shoes, I would call the U of A. I would call Bobby Robinson and say, hey, look, I don't want to go on my own. Yeah. I want to go with you. But I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, Which might be what Arizona ends up doing. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like the ball's in their court right now because the Big 12 seems to also be um, a little bit, I mean, like, I think they realize, everybody realizes that football is king in college sports right now, but that they can they can create a, a specialized market of college basketball. Yeah. They could be a king of college basketball. They may not be able to keep up in football with the SEC and the Big Ten. But, but it's how the ACC with, with, has survived. It, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, with, yeah, with Kansas, with Baylor, with, uh, you know, Texas Tech, who was in a national championship game recently, if you add Arizona – you know, that, that's the makings. I mean, you know, I'm leaving some teams out that are good programs. Kansas State's been good. Uh, you know, like they add in, obviously, now Cincinnati. Uh, you know, good basketball programs that they feel like that's a, a, a block that they can own, basically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it would be uh, ironic, I guess. Maybe, maybe that's not the right use of the word ironic, but with how we've ignored basketball at ASU for the past God knows how many years, I'll say at least 20, how we've given it the, you know, the stiff arm treatment. Oh, the arena doesn't need it. We're fine. We're fine. No big deal. We, you know, we're, we'll be all right. If basketball ended up being the deciding factor in why Arizona got the offer and we didn't. And I, I think that's certainly possible. Well, I think it's definitely possible. I, and this is kind of why, like, I think Arizona's probably going to go. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the president says, you know, wait, but you know, we heard that from the Colorado AD too, and then they they went. So well, it's also how long? How long are we waiting? Okay, we're waiting. But like, how long is he willing to wait until the start of football season? Until the Uh, end of football season? Like, (laughs) that's a great question. And and yeah, I mean, you know, it feels like it's it's kind of you know time to get off the pot. Uh, to put it in a nice way, like, you know, like, yeah, you gotta, gotta do something pretty soon here because yeah, the clock is ticking. Like these media deals usually are negotiated. I mean, the SEC's ESPN deal was announced like two or three years ago and it still hasn't started. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, you know, we're going into the last year of SEC on CBS. Finally, next season, that deal begins. So like, you know, these deals, they get announced with, you know, two, three, sometimes four or five years ahead. And, and yet here we are less than 12 months from the expiration of the rights deal that we have with nothing in place and a continual sort of Kevin Bacon in animal house feel of like, you know, every time they talk, like oh, all is well, remain calm. Like, well, okay. I mean, uh, just like Kevin Bacon, the, uh, you know, the, the, the mob is coming, man. You're about to get trampled if you don't get out of the way. And this is why I want to be, as an ASU fan and as a college sports fan, I want to be holding hands with Arizona. Yeah. I, I, yeah. If they're going, I want to go. If they're staying, I'll, I'll gut it out and stay. Yeah. But I yeah. don't I want, mean, I would hate to lose the rivalry. And it's, it's crazy to me that that's something we're talking about. Like I never would, you know, when we were in college, that would have been like, come on, there's no way that's ever going to happen. But, when, you know, Texas and Texas A&M were separated, now they're back together, but, you know, they will be. Um, you know, like, uh, these rivalries are not the be-all, end-all that they used to be, at least not in the hands of the decision-makers. So, well, well, to yeah, me, I agree. But I, I, I'm almost talking, I agree with that, but I'm almost talking more, not just about the rivalry, but about the, look, we have a football history, you yeah. have a basketball history, we can work together to get the best landing spot for the two of us. Yeah, yeah. We're the bigger market. Your athletic department's less of a disaster. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you know, look, like, it, it's interesting because if you told me that, like, uh, you know, this was going to be the last year we played them as a conference rival and, you know, you guaranteed me that we'd win the football game and uh, 
we'd go down to McHale and win and I could like have those as my lasting memories. I, I might be tempted. The devil on my shoulder might say, yeah, let, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, let's, let's write the final chapter and we'll have the wins. And, but at the same time, it's like, what, what is, I mean, truly like what is ASU athletics without the, you know, the territorial cup? I mean, that's a big thing. That's, that's part of our identity. Like Texas, yeah, Texas lost Texas A&M, but they still had Texas and Oklahoma. Like that, you know, that still was the thing that drove them. Um, you know, like it would be like separating, you know, it'd be like having Michigan leave the Big Ten. Like what What are they if they don't have Michigan State and Ohio State as rivals to go up against? Like what is ASU without that? We don't even have USC. Yeah, I mean, that's a rival that has kind of always been like a number two rivalry, USC. It's LA and Phoenix and the, you know, the envy of the big city and the rich kids at USC and all that stuff. Uh, you know, that's gone too. So like, man, what, we're a, we're a band without a country if we lose both of those. And that to me is partly why I say you hold hands with them. Because the other thing is gone are the days where you have a Georgia, Georgia tech type situation. True. True. You know, where it's like, we're definitely going to play each other every year. Right. Right. Oh yeah. That would not happen. I mean, it's, you know, we've already seen it with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. There is there is bitter feelings on the part of Oklahoma State. Like they basically said, Oklahoma made the choice to leave. We will Goodbye. not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, they basically said yeah, it's it, a shame that Bedlam is over. It <laughs> is. And, and if you're an Oklahoma State fan, I mean, yeah, okay, the Big 12's added some good programs and they have some good programs, but are, doesn't that, like, it kind of leaves you without an anchor every year. That's an anchor to your schedule is that Oklahoma game. You're kind of the, I mean, you know, I hate to say this, disrespects them a bit, but they're kind of the little brother in Oklahoma, especially football. I mean, Oklahoma yeah. football is a behemoth. They've won a bunch of national titles. Oklahoma State hasn't. So yeah. getting that game every year with a chance to take down the arrogant Sooners, that's their, I mean, that's their driving mission. And everything else falls into place with that. It's like, I think about it with ASU, and I think about a somewhat apathetic fan base already. And if you try to sell me a football schedule, not me, I shouldn't say me, you try Mm -hmm. to sell a football schedule to the generic fan. Yeah. To the average fan here that never has USC and never has Arizona. That's tough, man. That, you know, even if you have Oregon and Washington, like I don't know that those programs really resonate to the casual sports fan in Phoenix. I don't think they do. I mean, Mm -hmm. Oregon's been really good, but I, you know, I could, I could walk down the street here and find, you know, 10 people and five of them couldn't tell you a thing about Oregon sports. They could probably tell you something about USC and they could certainly tell you something about Arizona, even if it's just they're in Tucson and they suck. They have something to say, but you know, like I don't know that Oregon really moves the needle the way that Arizona does. I don't think it does. No. So I just don't know. Like, and you replace them with what? I mean, you know, throw out whoever, San Diego State, uh, Boise State, UNLV, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't even know. Like, that doesn't get people jazzed. It's not going to. So this is why I, yeah, I do do fear for ASU becoming what I feared, like, would happen to, like, Iowa State uh, of a program that when the Big 12 looked like it was going to be picked apart after Texas and Oklahoma left, and like, where is everybody going to land? Oh, start doing your your fantasy realignments. It's like, where is Iowa State going to land? Are they going to end up in the MAC? Um, I, I fear that a little bit with ASU. Something to, to that effect. Well, and it's just, it also makes you wonder, are we heading toward a world where ASU athletics is, is in a conference that still has the name and the history of a yeah. good conference, but doesn't have the members. No, I know. I know. I mean, if Ari- let's say just Arizona leaves. Let's say the that's sort of the conventional wisdom right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're left with eight. Maybe you add two or you add four. But aren't you, aren't you risking, at this point, you're starting to stare down the barrel of the Big East, post-Miami, yeah. Vontech, B.C.? When, when they left for the ACC. And it's like, well, yeah, you're still called the Big East, 
and you're still given this. I mean, you remember all those all those years ago you were down here. We uh, saw you know, UConn break. play. We saw Oklahoma. UConn. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, like they were still getting that BCS bid, but no one really viewed them as equal to the other conferences. And when the playoff came, they dissolved. Mm-hmm. You know, now they now they exist for basketball only or, you know, non-football at least. But there is no more Big East football um, because the pro, you know, then you had Syracuse leave and you had Louisville leave. And, you, had, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the bones have been picked so much that there's only a skeleton left. <clears throat> and I, yeah, I, I think that's because, again, even if Oregon and Washington stay this time, they're just waiting for a better offer. And, and you know, the Big Ten isn't interested right now, but that doesn't mean they won't be in five years. Yeah. And that's sort of where we're heading, right? Is, yeah. Like, we will always get to stay in the conference we are in. That's kind of the lesson of Iowa State. Like, teams don't yeah. get, schools yeah. don't get kicked out of their conference. No, you're right. But, Vandy but, and, and Iowa State, it's a, yeah, yeah, you're right. But if the conference becomes unrecognizable, yeah. like, what is the value? To what is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we've seen it in our lifetime. The Big East is one, obviously it's bad, but the Southwest Conference dissolved. So, I mean, when we were kids, little kids, <clears throat> the Southwest Conference was was a major conference. Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, A&M, Arkansas, I think, was part of it. They, they left before it dissolved. But, I mean, that was a, that was a power conference. It mattered. And, and then it dissolved. So it can happen. Like, to think that, like, oh, the Pac-12 is too big to fail, like, you know, big banks in the, in the late 2000s, like, no, I don't think it is at all. Like I, I don't think it's going to be gone next year, but 10 years from now, it, it might be. Yeah. Well, it I, might be one of those where you look back at, you know, a, a, a five-year-old kid right now when he's 15, you know, looks at the old magazines like, oh, what, what was the Pac-12? Enlighten me, Dad. Tell me what the Pac-12 was. Well, and it's to me, this is also part of the the dance that you have to do as a, as a university, not as a fan, but as a school, which is, do we want to stay and try to make it work? Yeah. Or do we want to be like Colorado and be like, yeah. Hey, look, that one's gonna work. It might and, not and be the best, but it's gonna work. It's gonna work. And to me, it, again, you're asking me, yeah. it's option B. I mean, it, you know, it is. You got to look out for yourself in this. This, this all for one, one for all is a bunch of crap. Because you know, the Big Twelve had this. You know, oh, we're all together. Grant of rights in Texas and Oklahoma bolted, and and you know, ACC. I mean, Florida State and Clemson would be out of the ACC tomorrow if they could. Um, they're just biding their time. It feels like until you know that grant of rights becomes less cumbersome, or they can find a way out of it legally. So I. Yeah, everybody's out for their own gain, and we should be too. But again, it comes back to the fact that the people making the decisions, really the one person making the decisions, because I don't think Ray Anderson is making these. No. I just don't think he cares. And, I mean, you know, I drive down Rural Road to go to work once, you know, one week a month now, and you look to your left and you see deserted Packard Stadium, and you look to your right, and you see Bulldoze Karsten, and, and, you know, those are decisions made by him that basically thumb their nose at the importance of athletics on this campus. Yeah. That, you know, we were, we were sold a bill of goods that those were going to be positive developments, and they haven't been in any way, shape, and form uh, that I can see. I mean, Karsten is mostly deserted land. One office building has popped up there. It's not even done. Packard, the stadium still sits there. You know, mm-hmm. 10 years they've moved. In 10 years they played at Phoenix Beauty now, and the stadium is still there with banners that are, you know, faded from the sun, but they're still up. I mean, it's 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 disgusting as far as I'm concerned. Like, you see it, and it's depressing when you see what they've allowed those two places to become. Well, and the thing with Packard, the, the small solace I have with it still standing is I suppose there is always a chance that someone – a moneyed interest yeah, will bring it back to life. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, and, and it's still standing does sort of, I mean, I'm torn. I've been torn for, I mean, I've worked at State Farm now for, for over six years and I've seen that, you know, and 
Like part of me likes that it's still standing because unlike Karsten, which is gone, clubhouse is gone. Everything is gone. It's like, man, it's hard to even remember what it all exactly looked like now. Packard, you could still look over and, oh, yeah, the, the, the bleachers are still there and the seats and the press box. And now if you look in the outfield and you see that the grass is, is just, you know, dirt and overgrown bushes, that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You know, in some ways there's still that flicker of hope. At the same time, we were, we were sold a bill of goods that, you know, we're going to do something with this land. We're going to do something good. We're going to – the track's going to move. We're going to do something really good with this. We're not sure yet what it is, but we're going to do something good. And, and the baseball team's going to go over to Phoenix. It's going to be great. It's going to be lovely. We're going to have a nicer place. We don't have to put any money into it. And it hasn't been great. And they did have to put money into it. And we haven't done anything with that area. And so what was it all for? Yeah. I mean, it's... There's no good answer. <laughs> but it's just like, like I don't know. I, I get going down that road and I, I, it's like a cloud of negativity. And I just worked in the office this past week, so I saw, you know, first time I noticed that the Carson Clubhouse is gone. It had still been up. Of course, it's been closed for years, but it's gone, bulldozed. And it's like, man, I just, I get, I get sad seeing those places that mattered to ASU just cast aside. And for what? For what benefit? I, 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 I just, it's one of those things where. You think about the path not taken, and and you look at other schools who made the decision that, like, hey, being good at at athletics is going to be good for the school. Yeah, yeah. You know? And there are some schools where that is not the case. That's obviously not the case, right? Right, right. But why are we deciding that it's not? Like, the schools who make that decision are the schools who, like, Marquette giving up their football program 30 years right. ago or right. the university the of Chicago leaving the big leaving 10. The big 10. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 You know, uh, I mean, the Ivy schools are the ones that you still point to is like, you know, they don't have athletic scholarships and all that. And, and I, you know, that's, that's great. That's their corner. That's their block. They own it. Um, but we are a seven, 70,000 person online and in-person <sighs> campus. Like we're Man, not. That, that's like, exactly what I was gonna say. Like you, it's like they want to be the Ivy League, but yet they, they've they've blown up the enrollment so much. Anybody and everybody who wants to get into ASU can get into ASU. Our old college, you know, the Cronkite School, which used to have a, an application. Remember, we had to do yeah. it. You know, apply to the school. That doesn't exist anymore. It's an open door. You know, anybody who wants a journalism degree can get one if they want to. Uh, you know, so it's like mixed messages. You want to you want to be like an Ivy League school and the new American University and all this crap. But, yeah, then the enrollment is 70,000 kids. Well, you're not an Ivy League school if you're doing that. And, and that to me is sort of the issue overall, right, which is we're not being realistic with ourselves. It, no. it, and, and by that, I mean Michael Crow uh, is not being realistic. He makes – Boatloads of money every year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's done a great job of creating a real estate business out of the yeah. school. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but he, he tore down Fraternity Row. He tore right. down the golf course. He tore down, you know, he's abandoned the baseball stadium. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've expanded our footprint in downtown. We've changed the face of Apache Boulevard. Um, oh, God. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you but, sit at the corner of rural and university. You can't even see the football stadium anymore, with the with the hotels and the high rises that have been put up. Can't see it, you know. I, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's almost unrecognizable to what it looked like when when we went to school here. And so then it just becomes like, okay, is that good? Like, I I, I guess my I, I mean, my view know. of this is, is like we're number one in good, innovation. But change for the sake of change is not good. Like change to actually benefit something is fine. Well, but, I get it. Things can't stay the same. Well, and that's but, kind of where I'm going. I'm not saying that the change itself is bad or yeah. wrong. No, no, I agree. What I'm saying is like where we've made all of these changes where the net of it is we're trying to be fancy. We look yeah. like a pig in lipstick trying to do yeah, this like yeah, we're, yeah yeah you know yeah. we are a no. good look 
We are. I love ASU. It is a me too. good school. The academics, yes. if you want them to be challenging, the academics are challenging. If you don't, they, sure. they are not. For sure. 100% uh, yeah. agree, yes. You but, get what you put into it, yeah. But we, as a school, need to accept that that's who we are. That's what we are. I know, I know, I, totally. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't try to hire good faculty and, and make your, you know, degrees more prestigious. I mean, I, you know, like I don't, uh, you know, I'm not saying just throw your hands up, but, but again, it is, it is that mixed message. It, you know, like Crow, Crow comes from an Ivy League background, doesn't he? Wasn't he in Columbia? Beforehand? That sounds Remembering right. Remembering that right? Or something, you know. Like NYU or type. Columbia, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's always felt like, like, he wants ASU to be a massive, huge enrollment Ivy League school. I was like, that's not, that's not possible. It's just not. You're trying to meld two things together that don't go together. Part of the and, draw of the Ivy Leagues is that it is an exclusive, yeah, limited yeah. opportunity. Small enrollment. It's tough to get in. Uh, you, you know, you you feel like you really earned your way in. Well, ASU's not that. And I look, I am very proud of my ASU degree. I always will be. I I worked hard for the four years I was there. I had fun too. Um, you know, I didn't spend every waking minute in the library. In fact, I barely spent a single minute in the library. Only um, when I had but, to. You know, what's that? Only when I had to. When we had to, exactly, for class project or something, yeah. Um, and, you know, but, like, you're exactly right. Like, it, it's a it's a good degree, and, and it, you know, it's not uh, it's not some, you know, you know, diploma mill, but it can be if you want it to be. I mean, if you, you know, if you want to just spend your four or five or six or whatever number of years there, and get your 2.0 and get a degree, yeah, sure, you can do it. There's plenty of people who do. Um, but you can also work hard and take challenging classes and have good professors. And, you know, there's plenty out there. But, yeah, I mean, I completely – that's that's kind of what I'm getting at with, the, with Packard and Karsten is, like, I understand things change. I understand the Boston Garden doesn't exist anymore. It stinks, but it doesn't. I understand that Tiger Stadium is gone. You know, like, I understand that Rosenblatt is gone. And if you're getting rid of old, great places for something better, that's one thing. But I don't think we've done anything better with either of those. I don't see, I don't see it that we've gone to a better place, that our programs are better as a result. I, I just don't see it. And then what have we done with that area? Nothing. Nothing. They sit like they're, they're frozen in ice, basically. And it's just like, well, I thought this was for a purpose. I mean, Karsten was a special place. It was built for ASU. And I know you're not a golf, you know, but like the, the, the founder of Ping put his name on the place, built it for ASU, and it was a nice course. And, and we just, you know, bulldoze it for commercial development, most of which hasn't been developed. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating. Because, yeah, change, you have to have change. The football stadium is the one example of something that's changed it's been positive. They did a good job with that. They they had to fix it up. It's better. The facility's nice. The, you know, practice facility or, or not really the, the team facility, not the practice facility. It's nice. Did a, did a nice job. And if they'd done that with baseball and golf, I'd probably swallow the loss of Karsten and Packer a lot better. Well, but the other thing that they did with football is they kept it on the same footprint they and did. kept it on they campus. Did. And Which makes a huge difference. That's yes. kind of my thing about, like, I agree that Packard was out of date. Yes. Needed to yes. be, it needed work. Needed to be yeah. redone. The clubhouses were old. The press box was a high school press box at best. Oh, God, yeah. I you mean, know? I spent a lot of time up there. So, yeah, I can attest. Like, you know, yes, Packard needed work. But that work could have been put in. It, it could. I mean, if you cared about baseball at ASU, the money was there. There's a lot of old money that supports ASU baseball. You could have drummed up some some financial backing. I, I mean, I know the decision to move was made fully after Murph left, but Murph would have thrown in money. Murph put in money to build the batting, you know, the batting facility there and the new the new home clubhouse. Like that, Murph funded those. So, like, there was there was interest there. But they just thumb their nose at it. Like, well, you know, we'll just go to Phoenix Muni. It'll work well. After trying to partner with the Cubs, and that blew up. 
Well, and the because, other thing you know, is, oh, well, the Cubs want it to be their facility. Like, well, yeah, of course they do. They're building it. That's that's part of the thing too about like Arizona. <laughs> you know, taps into their alumni for the Richard Jefferson Gym, right, right on Campbell. You can see it when you drive down the street. It's yeah. very clear. We got a lot of guys. The 117th ASU baseball player made it to the major leagues. Y- you can't tap into those resources and get guys to help refurbish? I mean, yeah, Mike Leake's contract alone could have funded a new base, you know, a, a renovations to Packard. All the money he got from the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and there is loyalty to ASU baseball if you harness it, which, you know, the previous coach did not do much of the job of. Um, but you know, they, they love ASU. Like they, they want it to be great and they'll put their money behind it. And then you got, you know, the old fans that really only care about ASU baseball. There's mm-hmm. a, there was a section of fans, not a huge group, but they didn't care about ASU basketball or football or anything else. They love their ASU baseball. They grew up with Bobby Winkles and Jim Brock and they support that program to the end. And some of them have a lot of money that could have, could have been, you know, tapped into probably. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're far afield from Colorado leaving for the Big 12, but I think it just, it, you can't help but take this discussion to what does ASU do, and then, well, who's making that decision, and then, well, let's look at the last, you know, decade's worth of decisions that ASU has made about athletics, and I struggle outside of the football stadium and facility, given that, to think of a good decision, a home run, something they've done that's like, man, that was a big time success. Yeah, no, it's I... been, you know, seeing eye singles and and strikeouts. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm disappointed. With, yeah, with yeah. how we got here. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, and and. You know, we haven't spent much time on this, but certainly the Pac-12's decision-making put us here. You know, we mentioned Larry Scott, and we've, you know, legislated that one time and time again. And then, you know, the decisions that, that is it Klyovkov? Am I pronouncing it right? I think so, I'm always yeah. hesitant to say it. Um, you know, like, he or the president's, I don't know who's responsible, but the decision to not expand in 2021 looks really bad now. I mean, I don't see how you could spin it any other way. The Big 12 was right for the picket, man. We could add TCU. We could add Houston. I mean, like, there were there were teams that would have jumped at the chance to come to a Pac-12 and get off the sinking ship of the Big 12. Now it's turned around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, Scott declined to pursue Oklahoma and Texas appears to be the story now. <sighs> I guess. I don't know if I believe that, but, you know, I mean, that's where it all starts. That really is where it all starts. If you want to, you know, play the game of how did we get here, the aspirational, uh, we're going to, we're going to go get four schools from the big 12, Texas, Oklahoma, and whether it was Oklahoma state, Texas tech or A&M or whoever. And it was, I mean, I'll never forget. Like it was a done, it was basically reported as a done deal. It's going to happen. And it didn't happen. And and it's been all downhill since. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just incrementally negative steps since then. Yeah. So my my proposal, if everything stays the exact same, is that we try to become a nine-team conference who plays a full round robin with, yeah. with four games off, and then you invite Gonzaga as a basketball-only school. And, yeah, and yeah. That way, you can still do home and home weekends for basketball. Yeah, yeah. And for B- football, basketball only or every sport, just no football. Ju- or non football. Sorry, non football. Non football. Yeah. Because they don't yeah, they I mean, don't have football, so you do them. They don't have football. Yeah, so you bring them in as a full member, but but you just have nine football schools. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I there's merit to it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean. I, it lets wonder. you try to do what the Big 12 is trying to do. Yeah. And you have yeah, yeah. A, an appealing basketball conference. Oregon, yeah. Washington has a history, Arizona, Gonzaga. 
that's sure, sure. that's yeah, a no, compelling. There, there's, there's you know Stanford, does Utah, too. I mean, and Utah. It's been a while since Stanford's been good, but they've been good in basketball. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's there's something there. I just wonder if you can, you know, like how long? I mean, we're starting this new playoff. Ne- what next year? With six auto bids for the conference champs, how long until the Big Ten and the SEC say, what "The hell are we doing with six? Yeah. Why aren't we only doing four? Or, I mean, or like, why are we doing any? Why are we doing any? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, I think you, you almost got to play the game a little bit, but like six was based on okay, five power conferences and then one, you know, Cinderella. Yeah. You know, Mountain West Conference USA, American, whatever. But if you end up with four power conferences. You know, or something like that, or maybe even three. Like, what are we doing with six? I don't, I don't know how long that lasts. It'll be interesting. I think we have it for two years. I'd say everything's up for grabs. You know, after the first two years, because that's when the twelve-year, you know, original playoff contract runs out. So, I don't know. Uh, like, I mean, this whole like, I've heard the notion, and I've said it too. Like, you know, before Colorado, even like, why don't we just stay at ten, and you know, you make your road to an auto bid in the playoff easier. Well, that sounds good until Greg Sankey and whoever the Big Ten commissioner is now, I can't remember who it is now, um, you know, get pressure from their ADs and presidents saying, what are we doing here? Why are we giving an auto bid to Oregon when they're beat, when they're winning an 18 conference? Yeah. No, it's definitely dicey. The, yeah, the, you know. yeah. I mean, like. Like smaller the conference, and then you got Big Ten and the SEC with sixteen. And be like, well, wait a minute, why aren't we getting two? If mm-hmm. a nine-team conference gets one, we ought to get two. That just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they probably will, but let's you know, like, I'm not going to cry for them. I'm sure they're going to get two each at least, probably most years, more than two in a twelve-team playoff. But still, like, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in the SEC and you've got arguably what half of the top. 15, 16 programs in the country, once you get Texas and Oklahoma, you're probably pushing for like, hey, why are we capped? Why, why can't we get six teams in if we have six teams deserving? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to go to no auto bids. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Or or some sort of like, you know, something where there's an auto bid for outside the power conferences just to, you know, whatever. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. There's always still the thought of like, do the SEC and the Big Ten eventually just swallow everything up and and make their own playoff yeah. and basically say like, we are the powers, and you know, if if you want to join us, join us. But if not, tough luck. Yeah. Well, look, we've been at this for a while. We yeah, we aren't no going to solve answers. it. Um, we, we could probably go another hour and and still be left with no good answers. But look, we will be back next weekend. We're going to start talking about football because it's August. I was going to say, I think it's it's time to start. Maybe maybe we start with our, our you know last year of a true Pac-12 preview next week. Well, there you go. Next week, look for it. Until next time, All right. he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.